Hallelujah, get my microphone on here and try not to panic the people in the sound booth, amen. The sound booth is one of those places that you don't know that there's a problem until everybody can watch you do it. So that, that's got to be fun, amen. Glad, to, glad that I don't do that. I don't do sound, I don't sing, and I don't cook, amen. I'm glad to hand you the microphone if you're singing. I'm glad to turn on the lights, um, but I am not glad to sing, amen. So it's all good. <laughs> That's it, and everybody's glad I don't. Hallelujah. Did you bring a Bible this morning? Yep. Praise God. Let's get into the scriptures right away, if you would. Um, we'll start in Acts chapter 7. Actually, Acts chapter 6. Amen. Let me grab something out of my notebook here. and We'll be set to go. Amen. <clears throat> Thanks for everybody who came out last night. Um, last night we taught uh, on some different things of the Spirit with the Ministry of Helps and Helping and Serving. And one of the things that we talked about was that the things of the Spirit, the old Pentecostals used to say, the things of the Spirit are caught, not taught. Say that with me. The things of the Spirit are caught, not taught. Amen. You have to be around a real man or woman of God. That's where that is your best Bible school. Amen. Because you can get a lot of theory. That's a whole lot different than seeing it worked out in front of your life. Amen. One of my favorite times ever, ever, ever was when I was with Dr. Barclay and everything was going wrong. And he was as confident when everything was wrong as he was when nothing, when everything was working great. Well, that was a lesson to me because I, I wasn't that way. Amen. Let's just go with that. I always said, you know, when the, the prophet prayed seven times for it to rain, I don't need to know what to do the seventh time when it rains. I need to know what do I do the other six, because that's what I got. Amen. I know God told me to do it, but I can't seem to get this to all gel is the word I use for it. And that driving him in that car that day, and he made this statement that I, I'll never forget. He said, the devil's knees have got to be buckling. I can feel myself getting stronger all the time. And he said that when we were on half pay, the ministry was in dire straits, if I can use that word. You know what I'm talking about? And he still believed God. And I thought, boy, I need to do some changing. Can you say amen? But you pick up faith when you're with a man or woman of God that, that walks by faith. Uh, just real quick, I brought some CDs with me. You know, I, I've always said this, so pardon me if you've heard it before, but don't you hate pushy salesmen? Remember the old vacuum cleaner days? <laughs> Boy, they, you just go to shut the door and they get that long foot, right? You just wham it a couple more times and you might still have a foot inside them outside. But either way, you get the door shut. It was just dreadful because if they got in your house, there's 45 minutes of just awful. <laughs> just awful. If you used to be one, I love you, but I'm glad, glad we're in church together and you're not in my house. Amen. <laughs> But I came home one time and Janine had bought a expensive vacuum, hallelujah. And I had to chase him down, put it back in his car and rip up the papers. In love, amen. So I've never, <laughs> is this confession booth, is it open this morning? You want it? it gets worse if you want me to keep going, but we'll cut it off at that, amen. He's still breathing. Um, just needs a tube, hallelujah. Um, but anyways, long story short, so I never wanted in the bunch. I don't... I talk about different things. For a while, Pastor, I stopped bringing my CDs with me when I would travel, and the Lord dealt with me. He said, who gave you those? 
I said, well, you did in prayer. He said, then you should make them available since they're mine. I said, yep. yep. Yes, you don't have to tell me that any plainer or twice. Amen. I might be a dumb redneck, but that much I got figured out. Don't do this again. So I started bringing them with me. Amen. So I have a phrase that I go by. I'm sure you've heard it before, but I make these available um, because by my nature, I'm a laid back guy. I don't want any trouble out of people. Leave me alone. You sit over there. I'll sit over here. I'm a happy man. Just stay over there. Leave me alone. But I've learned the devil's not that way. While you're going about your life, he is going about seeing what he can destroy in your life, what he can take from your life, what he can peel off of your life. That's, what happening, that's what's happening with our rights right now in America is while you're busy pumping gas and going to work and mowing your lawn and raising your kids and just going about life, he's working behind the scenes to make sure your rights one at a time are slowly being taken away. I was, it's like a man who's sitting at the power box in your basement and one at a time, he's just shutting off one circuit. That's good. Your lights don't work in your kitchen. All of a sudden, you don't have any outside power. Your water pump isn't working until he can eventually shut you down and drive you out of your own home. That's, that's what his goal is. So the Lord gave me a phrase some time back, and it's, it's this. It's, he said to me, he said, passivity is a luxury you cannot afford because your enemy is forever aggressive. I'll say it again. Passivity, because that's what I battle. I'm just laid back, is a luxury you cannot afford because your enemy is forever aggressive. Amen. If I go to the pool with my family and we're all swimming, just let somebody start staring at my daughter. My priorities of my day just changed. Amen. Why? I don't have the luxury to be passive. Why? Because that guy's aggressive. Amen. So I got to keep the fathers know what I'm talking about. Amen. So you, you're forced to make adjustments. Well, that's where we are in the last days. Amen. You can't just go about life numb, not paying attention to what's going on around you. You got to be alert. Amen. So I make some things available. You know, the Old Testament, God told people to write the verses, put them on the frontlets of your mind, put them in places where you'd see them. These certainly aren't Bible verses, but I did something that I could do to help just remind people. So I made up a bookmark. I made it big so you can't lose it in the book. Amen. And if you want to put them around your house, you can. They're just a couple of bucks. And then I made up a keychain. You know, I'm not giving too much to big keychains because I don't like stuff in my pockets. But sometimes the ladies are and different brothers are. So if that's a blessing to you, it's just something you will see every day that says, hey, if I want the best from God today, I got to go get it. It isn't just going to come falling off the tree for me. Can you say amen? And then I did a teaching. I just call it the power of aggression. It goes along with it. So um, you can buy one, none. I don't care. I'm not a pushy salesman, but I do like to make them available to people. Can you say amen? I'll just give those to you and assume you wanted them. Praise the Lord. I don't have that kind of faith. What if she doesn't raise her hand? That way I just gave it to her and we're done. Amen. <clears throat> and then the last one is kind of along the lines of what I'm going to preach this morning. I just call it seizing spiritual opportunities. Because what we're going to talk about today is things that, honestly, um, what happened in Stefan's life is they just gave him an opportunity to participate in his, what we would call, local church. And when he did, God met him there, and he found his ministry there and walked in the power of, of the healing power of Jesus Christ. But honestly, folks, all it was was an opportunity in a church to do something to help people. It's just what your pastor was talking about today. It was a God-given opportunity when he seized it 
it changed his life. So I make these available to somebody. I probably gave you enough to give to Neil. You can give Neil the aggression one and then hit him and then say, see, that's what the pastor reverend's talking about. Amen. Did you find Acts chapter 6? Acts chapter 6, uh, we'll pick it up. Let's go with verse 1 and we'll kind of read this into the record and then go down to, to verse 8 is where I'm going to focus. I know these are familiar. I know that I've shared these before, but that's all right. It's, let's just do it again. It says, Now in those days when the number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Daily distribution is they would give out benevolence. There's no government assistance at this time. Amen. So the church took it upon themselves. They would give out some food to try to help people, especially for the widows, not being married, obviously. It says, and then what happened is, is certain of the widows, the Hellenists, or we would say the Greeks, get neglected every day. And so the 12, verse 2, summoned the multitude of disciples and said to them, it is not desirable or it's not going to work if, that, if we leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men, say seven, and here they gave qualifications, men of a good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So the apostles made a separation, right? This is going to get done by somebody besides us. We already have our duties from God. I can't, we can't walk away from what God told us to do to do what other people could be doing if they would just get involved. Amen? I know that doesn't pertain to anybody here. Let's keep reading. Verse 5, so the saying pleased the whole multitude. They chose Stephen, that's who we're going to study, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, Philip, Procorius, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas, proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. So basically, they gathered up these seven men and they said to Peter, James, and John, are these men what you're looking for? He said, yeah, this is exactly what we're looking for. So they laid hands on them. This is the first assemblance of deacons that we have in the scriptures, New Testament. Then the word of God spread, say spread. It didn't hurt the church growth. It enhanced the church growth. The word of God spread, the number of disciples multiplied greatly, that's a good word, in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Now that's a miracle, because Jesus couldn't get those same priests to be obedient to the faith when he was on the earth. Amen? So that's, that's, that's no small thing that just happened there. I was telling the church family last night, but Pastor and I went out to lunch yesterday, Brother Scott, when we were there, the waitress said, she said, um, you know, she had a family member that came to this church on occasion. She said, and she said, I love your Christmas program. And I told pastor, I was telling the congregation last night, isn't it interesting? She didn't say, I love your pastor's preaching. It was the people, it was you that got her heart. It was you that, that God used to preach the gospel to her in a way she could understand it. See, sometimes we don't realize what God, say God, what God is doing among us. We always think, well, it's the church or the pastor, but it's you helping the pastor preach. Amen. That's what we want to study here this morning. And here we go in verse eight. And this is the part that's always helped me in life. And I patterned my life after these verses. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs 
among the people. So not, he didn't do it outside the church. That would be okay. But he did it inside the church. Perhaps it's fair to note that the apostles were reaching outside of the church. Stephen's duties were to the people inside of the church. But that the same spirit, say the same, the same Holy Spirit that was working with Peter, James, and John, and, and at different times, you know, Philip and different things, was willing to also work with this guy who was simply handing out food and benevolence to take care of the widows. God did not consider him lesser or that he didn't need the miracle working power in his hands. God was anointing him to heal the sick inside the church. We did great wonders and signs among the people. Verse 9, then there arose some from the from the synagogue of freedom, the Cyrenians, Alexandrians of Cilicia, and they disputed, or they began to cause a ruckus with Stephen. Verse 10, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. A deacon. Now he's going to go on in, in the rest of this chapter and then chapter 7, he's going to give a great sermon and explain Moses, explain the patriarchs. And you will learn, if you'll read that, this guy is no one's fool. He knows his Bible. Amen? And I'll never forget, because I was living in my trailer at the time, the Lord began to point this verse out to me. I was, Jay, I was already called. The Lord already spoke to me and said, I want you to preach. And it's not happening, right? Nothing's coming together, even though I had a promise from God. One night, I'm in my trailer. I'm walking through. I'll never forget. I sat down. We had a little glass table there. Someone had given us. And, I, and the Lord spoke to me as I walked through my trailer. It was midnight. And he said, go get your Bible. Let's talk for a minute. Well, I was honored. <coughs> you talk. I'll just be here. So I went and got my Bible. I sat down, and I opened it up, and I began to read these verses. When I saw that this guy had this wisdom, that even his enemies couldn't argue with this guy, wouldn't you like to shut your enemies up? Maybe that's just the man side of me, hallelujah. But I, I, I honestly, Pastor, I remember I bowed my head and I said, God, where? Where did Stephen get this wisdom? Where do I go? Where is this place? Where is this school? Is there some underground church in China that I should go to? Is there some place that I should relocate and I'll go there and study your word that I'm missing everything? And that's when the Holy Spirit began to say to me, he said, there's no Bible school listed there. Read it for yourself. So I began to read. I read the rest of this all the way back to chapter 7, verse 54. It says, and when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. You know, the things of the Spirit will cut people to the heart. Jesus isn't just dealing with outside stuff. And when the gifts of the Spirit, if you look at 1 Corinthians 14, 25, when the gifts of the Spirit are in full function, uh, we can go over that. But it says that people will come into the church or your, your assembly. And when the gifts are in full manifestation and, and the Spirit of God is moving, they will fall on their face knowing that the secrets of their heart have been exposed. Meaning they can, that's when you say, I, nobody knew that but God. If you've ever seen the true manifestation of the Spirit, you'll know it's God because certain things have never crossed your lips and yet God is explaining you to you. 
And I read that and I said, God, where did he get this? So, you know, back in that time, you couldn't just type in a phrase on your phone and find it again. You had to actually read. So I went back to Acts chapter 1 and I began to read through. Go with me to Acts chapter 2, if you would. And we'll pick it up at verse 36. Peter preaching. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. 37. And when they heard these, this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do to be saved? Bro, I tell you, when the sinners are asking you, what do I have to do to get saved? That's a good day. But my question to the Lord was, where did, where did Stephen get that from? Where did he learn to preach like that? That's when he began to show me these verses that Stephen didn't learn it in a Bible school. He learned it from his leadership, Peter. That's why I give the phrase out or gave the phrase out earlier. The things of the spirit are caught. They're not taught. Stephen caught it, that way of preaching, by being, with G, by being with Peter. Peter caught it by being with Jesus Christ. We hit it a little bit last night, but it bears repeating. Jesus, when he told the disciples, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, he drew them in closer. He didn't say, just come to my meetings, hear the Beatitudes, and then go back home. He said, you got to get involved. You got to be around here. I need, you, I need you to quit your job, get here, be you know, not that everybody should quit their job, but in other words, it's going to take more time to develop you to where you need to go. You've got to give yourself to this more. Can you say amen? You got to get focused in more. You got to, you got to give yourself to what's going on around here. And as they did simple things, right, they went, and got the, they went and got the donkey and brought it back for Jesus to ride on. That's a pretty trusting helps team. If pastor told you to go down to the car dealership, get the shiniest one that nobody's ever driven in and bring it to me, you better know he's a man of God. Or we're going to be having a prison ministry. Hallelujah. Or go get me a fish with a gold coin in its mouth. Or gather the 12 fragments, the 12 baskets after the multitude leaves. All of these doings, all of these what we call the helps ministry, all of these things, they didn't hurt Peter, James, and John. They found their ministry there. They found their call. They found their niche. If you aren't walking as close with God as you would like to, you have questions and you're not hearing the voice of God, I highly recommend, say highly, that you get more involved in the things of God. You participate more. You know, if you get out of your car and you want to go into the grocery store, you know they got those automatic doors. Well, when you get out of your car, those, op those doors don't open yet. You start walking, say, well, I need to get in that building. Those doors are closed. We'll just keep walking. Well, I, but I, Brother Ray, I got to get in there. There's, those doors are locked. No, they're not. Just keep walking closer. Just keep walking closer. Just keep walking closer. And if you get close enough, they open for everybody. You just got to get closer yet. And, and these things, this is what's happening with Peter, James, and John. As they get more and more involved with Jesus Christ, as they get closer and closer to what he's doing, the power of God, say the power. The power of God begins to rest on them as well. 
I can show you the same thing happening in 1 Samuel, sorry, 2 Samuel 21, 22, right in there. You'll see where David got weary in battle and one of his men by, by the name of, name of Abishai, he comes along and he kills one of the giants. What's happening? He's picking up the same spirit. He's getting the same flow of the anointing. By being around a, a giant killer, he becomes a giant killer. And the more you can participate and the more you can get involved with the things of God, some of the things that some of you are lacking but you're so hungry for will be found, I know you're not going to believe me, but serving in the nursery, driving the bus, coming in and vacuuming the carpet, doing, Pastor, what do you need during the week? You know, I have, we, I have a notice already from my pastor, a text. He just sent out a group text that said, you know, we're pouring concrete on Monday. Anybody that can be there. Well, you know who's going to be there? Why? Because anytime you can get around and get involved with what Jesus Christ is doing, it, he's, God's a blesser. You're going to get information. You're going to learn how to do things. Amen. You're going you're to get blessing in your life. And that's what I, that's what I came to talk about today. And that's what I want you to see in these verses. It wasn't a class that Peter had on how to lay hands on the sick. Stephen just saw it. And, and he began to talk to God and God said, you can do that. It's just what you were talking about last night when you wrapped up about the healing and, and the move of the spirit. Now, folks, no offense, but there should be power in the house of God. There should be healing in the, in the house of God. There should be manifestations, say manifestations. There should be impartations that are happening between us, amen? And as you get more and more involved with the spirit of God, it begins to stir up the gifts of God inside of you because you begin to become encouraged about what brother so-and-so is doing. And brother Jay was telling us last night about some ministry they did and, and helping different people and, and feeding children. You know, it makes you want to go out and touch somebody's life. It's encouraging to know, amen? And, um, you know, I, we, do a, we do a free giveaway every year, right, where the church people bring things in, and they, we, then we invite the community. They walk through the tent, and everything is free. We give away hot dogs, hamburgers. You know, it's, a, it's just a deal. And pastor happened to be standing there by the hot dogs. You have to remember, my pastor was born, raised dirt poor, right, back when you had to wait in the cheese lines, right? It wasn't even good cheese. It was more like chemicals if you heated it it melted together and here's a little kid and he looks at pastor and he says how much for the hot dogs he said they're free and the little boy looked at him and said you're kidding me he said no they're free can I have two yeah can I have ketchup is there a charge for the ketchup just couldn't believe just couldn't believe Here's my point. As you get involved and as you partake and as you get, you get in the flow, say the flow, God begins to relocate you just to, at the right person at the right location so that you can help people out of the same. Remember the Lord said to Peter, he said, when you return, strengthen the brethren. Find people in life that are still fighting through the thing you've already conquered and help them get through it. Can you say amen? And, and, and help them. That's what this is all about. Praise God. Turn with me, if you would, to uh, Numbers chapter 11.
It's one of my favorite verses, but I, I love to just read these verses over and over again. You know, if you've ever watched a, a good person on the barbecue grill, especially somebody with a smoker, they'll come out about every hour and they'll spritz that meat. Right? Why? Just, you don't want it to dry. You just keep soaking it. Just keep soaking it. You know, a good sermon, a good pastor will take that word, even if you've heard it already, and just soak you with it again. Just hit you a second time. You're getting a little too dry. Amen. That, that heat's getting inside you a little too much. We need to soak you a little bit. Amen. Sometimes we just need to soak your head, spiritually speaking. Amen. Verse 10, Numbers chapter 11. It says, And when Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, everyone at the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord was greatly aroused, and Moses also was displeased. Doesn't sound like revival to me. <clears throat> so Moses said to the Lord, Why have you afflicted your servant, and why have I not found favor in your sight, that you have laid the burden of all these people on me? Now, Moses is a pretty spiritual guy, don't you think? Bread falling out of the sky. He's got a cloud to keep the people cool during the day. He's got fire and manifestation at night to keep the people warm. And yet here we find him. He doesn't seem to be a very happy camper as a pastor. To lay the burden of all these people, say all. On me, did I conceive these people? Did I beget them that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a guardian carries a nursing child to the land which you swore to their fathers? Where am I to get meat to give all these people? You know, when you're in the desert, you don't have a whole lot of 7-Elevens you can stop in and grab a tube of jerky for the people. You got to use the thing called faith. Where am I to get meat for all these people? For they weep all over me saying, give us meat that we may eat. 14, I am not able to bear all these people alone because the burden is too heavy for me. If you treat me like this, please kill me here and now. It's always one of my favorite parts of the Bible. Amen. I always say, I, I don't want to ask pastor if he's ever prayed this prayer. So let's just keep reading. Amen. Please kill me here and now. If I have found favor in your sight and do not let me see my wretchedness. 16, that's where I want to focus. So the Lord said to Moses, gather to me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them to the tabernacle of meeting. That's the church. That they may stand there with you. Then I will come down and I will talk with you there. And I will take of the spirit that is upon you and I will put that same upon them and they shall bear the burden of the people with you that you may not bear it yourself alone. God's saying, I'm going to help them catch what you've got. I'm going to take these 70 leaders. Now, Moses is running a church of about one and a half million people. The answer from God wasn't a better sound system. The answer from God wasn't you needed to have a better music team. Nothing wrong with a good music team. Nothing wrong with a good sound system. But he said, Moses, if they don't get around you, they can't pick up your heart. And what the Lord is endeavoring to do is to get them close enough to Moses so that they pick up the anointing and the spirit by which he functions and the flow. Say the flow so that they catch what God is doing. That's what I wanna to talk to you about this morning. 
getting around this man of God often enough that you pick up his heart, that you take, part, become partakers, what Paul says, of the grace of God that's upon him. Amen? And that you begin to get into the flow of what, what God is doing. You know, I, I've been to the Philippines 17 times now, 17 years in a row, other than COVID, and even then we did some live streams. I was there um, this year, April, to dedicate their new church building. They built a new building. When I was there, Pastor, to do that, you know, if you post pictures on Facebook, right, sometimes they give you back things that you've posted years ago. The, their Facebook post posted a picture from eight years before when we had been in this open field to pray over it. And they had tried, tried for years to try to get the owner of that field to sell it because the, the Bible school that they had was here, Pastor Barclay's SMTI. And then they were trying to get this field so they could build the church there. So we were there one day praying over that field. And from the day we prayed over that field and there were pictures to the day that they built a church on that field was to the day exactly eight years. Exactly to the day eight years, COVID and everything, to the day, exactly eight years. When I came in there to dedicate the building the night before they had a youth meeting, that youth meeting, it was just one of those meetings where the power of God fell. We had three different altar calls that night. I had one, and then the pastor's wife had one that she made me pray over everybody for my second time to pray over everybody. And then she got done, I got done with hers, and then the pastor stood up and he had an altar call. We had, we had teens, kids laying everywhere. People who had been fighting suicide got delivered of a demon of suicide. And it was just one of those nights that all of your life, you say, if I could just have one of those every night, I'd be a happy man. It's just like nothing went wrong, everything worked that night. People shook, demons came out, people screamed. It, it, was, it was wonderful. Amen. I didn't have anybody foaming, but that's the only thing we didn't have. I like a foamer or two. Hallelujah. I, I like crazy nights. I really do. Give me, give me old Pentecost. I'm a happy man. And I, I got thinking about that, and people talked to me and asked me, you know, how'd you learn to do that? How did that happen? And it took me back to a night when Pastor Barclay and I was his helps man, and, and he was in a, in a city called Durham, North Carolina, right? Raleigh, Durham, kind of twin cities like Minneapolis, St. Paul. We were in Durham, and their helps team there, Pastor, they were paper thin. I mean, I'm doing everything. I feel like one of those guys on the corner that had the, the drum in his, on his front, and then you got the harmonica you're blowing, and you're banging your knees for the cymbals, and toot, toot. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm everything, right? I set up the, the book table. I'm catching people. The only thing I'm not doing is singing. I mean, I, the blessed clause or the altar clause, I, I'm, I'm a one-man band. I'm doing everything. And in the middle of all of that, Pastor stops and he says, I see this hammer in the spirit going, and it was going over kind of where you folks are seated over, seated over there. And when he said that, I see this, this hammer in the spirit, somehow I knew exactly, the Lord began to talk to me, I knew exactly where he was going. And I started to make a beeline, like for this section just past you, Doc, and as I got there to that aisle, I stopped and I said, 
I can't beat the prophet to the prophecy. That's not going to work. I'm the helps guy. I had to stop and let pastor go past me. And then I ran in and got about back four rows and she was on the third row. And as soon as man, he prayed for her over, she went. But I knew who she was before pastor ever touched her. So when they ask me, Brother Ray, how did you learn to flow with God like that when we had all these youth all lined up and laying all over? I said, from ushering. I didn't learn that in a pulpit. I learned that by helping the man of God in the pulpit. I learned how to give when there was no money by watching him give when he had no money. I'll never forget, we were on half pay and behind, he was $50,000 in the red, which maybe not be a lot of money today, but at that time it was a huge amount of money. And we hadn't been paid, you know, in a couple of weeks. And he came in with all the left, any envelopes that he could get and he sent it all away. He just gave it all. That's where I learned sacrificial giving because I watched how God began to turn that terrible situation and he's never looked back. And it broke the devil's back. But you don't do that just out there on your own. You pick up that same spirit of faith. Paul said in the New Testament, they believe, therefore they spoke. We also then having the same spirit of faith, say the same spirit. We, we believe and therefore we speak. He picked it up from seeing the faith of other people. Can you say amen? One last set of verses, if you would go with me to 2 Kings. Chapter 3. King Jehoshaphat is trying to find the mind of Christ on something. He's trying to get the wisdom of God on what he's supposed to do. And in verse 10, let's pick it up there. He begins to speak, it says, And the king of Israel said, Alas, for the Lord has called these three kings to, together to deliver them into the hand of Moab, verse 11. But Jehoshaphat, because there had been all these fake prophets that had come through, but in verse 11 it says this, it says, But Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? In other words, yeah, there's a whole lot of people prophesying, but I can tell they haven't heard from God. They're just all talking a lot. Sounds like our day, doesn't it? Got a lot of people pretending they're saying they walk with God, but not so many people really truly walking with God. That's what's going on in his day. Let's read on. Just, is there no prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? Verse 11, middle of the verse. So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, not Elijah, but Elisha, the second one, the son of Japheth is here, who poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Israel, and the king of Edom went down to him. Isn't it something that his business card, his, his stamp of approval, was that he washed the first prophet's hands. He served that old prophet. He was known, the king 
recognized his humility and said if he, if he walked with that prophet, because Elijah had the whole school of the prophets. None of them got this endorsement. But the man who was there serving every day, the man who washed that old prophet's hands, the man that everybody knew is, this is, this is the guy, he's kind of the bat boy. At tennis, he, he's the ball boy who runs and gets the ball so that the, the pro doesn't have to run and go get it all the time. These, what the world calls meaningless tasks, was what the king recognized as, that's a man of God. Wasn't the guy that said, all went to the school of the prophets. Nothing wrong with the school of the prophets. But Elisha was known for his humility and his servanthood. And what the Lord was showing and what the king was announcing was, is then he must have picked up the right spirit from walking with that prophet all those years. If you study it out, it was about 20 years it took for Elijah to transition everything over to Elisha. But again, it wasn't just teaching. It was teaching and doing, teaching and training, teaching and, 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 and early mornings, late nights, make the fire, put out the fire, move the fire. Amen. Look here, look there, do this, do that. Don't ever do that again. Do you ever have pastor give you, don't ever do that again? I've had so many don't do that again. I'm the best don't do that again person you've ever met in your life. That humility, I know this isn't taught a lot, but it is, it is in your Bible. But that humility is what drew God to that young prophet. That ability to serve, that ability to help. And he caught that anointing and that grace by being around that great man of God for all those years and not getting discouraged and not quitting. Can you say amen? Say this with me. Say, Lord, put your anointing on me and in me that when I walk, you walk. When I talk, you talk. When I lay hands on people, you lay hands on people. And freedom comes. I want to just take a minute this morning before we dismiss to lay hands on anybody who wants me to lay hands on them. I think it would be wrong to have a service like this or a sermon like this and not have a laying on of hands time. But I want to especially encourage the leadership of this house. If you fulfill some leadership role, I don't know what all that would be because different churches call it different things, but uh, you're an elder here, you serve in some capacity of leadership, you have people perhaps in your department under you, would you come first and I want to pray for you. And I'm going to ask the Lord to anoint all of us today to help pastor to a greater degree. Can you say amen? If that's you, you come. If that's you, you come. If you both serve husband and wife, stand with your spouse. Raise your hand up here, everybody. Just kind of use your faith. Lord, I thank you for a greater anointing. I thank you for a stronger impartation of your gifts. Thank you that you'll help 
all of us to see what pastor sees, to be used of the Most High God to take yokes off of the people and to help them. Lord, I thank you for Jen that she's a sister to so many and an encouragement and yet she's a mother in her heart almost first and foremost. Her heart yearns for her own children. I pray, Lord Jesus, that her children will understand her heart. They'll see in her her drive, her desire to walk before the Almighty and they'll catch that. All the many talents she has and all the things that she does and the things she teaches them, may they catch her heart for the Almighty in Jesus' name and this willingness to serve in the house of God. Brad, I bless you. I've had you on my heart all morning this morning. You have a, a different duty or a different, you know, you, you have to see your father's side and then the pastor's side. And you've always been good at it, but I, I just pray that as you serve God and as you walk with God, this heart that your dad has to walk with the Almighty, not that it isn't in you, but to a greater, a greater impartation. This burden to help the lost and this burden to help people and to still help the great man of God that, that you've been given. I thank you that this burden will continue to grow in you. It'll continue to burn in you. And that the Lord will always use you to be a great friend to him and a great help to him. Lord, I thank you that it's going to hit to a greater degree. Right down in the middle of his heart. Lord Jesus, and you're going to give him ways to help the man of God. In Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for your impartation now to help us. To please you. To walk with your spirit and to pick up the heartbeat of this ministry and to move the Lord Jesus to move this vision where you want us to go. Thank you, Father. Thank you for Brother Jay and this great family that loves you with all of their heart. They serve, they work, they give, they show, they do. Lord, I thank you that even though great things have been done in the past, there's more to do in our tomorrows and in our futures. And nothing was wasted time, Lord. And sometimes I think you move them around to different areas in this house, not because what they're doing isn't good, but to make them contagious, that others would pick up their heart to do and to work in the church. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you as Neil worships, it'll be like David. Demons will come off. Frustrations that are on people's lives will fall away. Lord Jesus, and he will help usher in the very presence of the Holy Spirit. And there won't be a demon in hell that can hurt the people here because the Lord is having his way in this house. Use him and Sister Monica today. Lord, though she's willing to do almost anything in this church, there's more for her to do than just tweak this and turn that. And Lord, she has, she has things to say. She has a heart for the people and a heart for the leadership of this house. 
Sister, I just hear the Lord saying he's going to continue to use you. He is pleased with you and your humility, your ability to just kind of do anything that's put in your lap. But there is more, there's greater for you. There's a greater impartation and there's more for you to, more people for you to help. And you're just going to continue to do and to do and to do and to bless. You'd be almost more willing to do it behind the scenes than you would in front of everybody. And yet the pull of the Holy Spirit is saying, now I'm going to bring you out further to the front. And I'm going to use you to a greater portion. And you're going to do just fine, my daughter. You're going to do just fine, my daughter. It'll surprise you and it'll shock you and it'll humble you all at one time. But your father's going to take you to where he wants you to go. And you're going to flourish there. And you're going to help people there. In Jesus' name. Lord, this couple almost wrote the book on humility. Such a friend to the leadership here and pastor. Such a friend to the people here. But Lord, I thank you for the gift and the wisdom of God that you placed in them to help them walk with you and to know your voice. And in this, this season of their life, Lord, you're going to use them even to a greater degree to help troubled people and to help solve problems and dispel doubts like Daniel was able to do, to see through hard situations. You know, the, the verse there in Daniel where it talks about he could solve enigmas, it literally means he had the ability to untie knots. Dr. and Mrs. Craig, I think God has given you an anointing to untie knots. People get knotted up in life. Things just get stuck. Jesus wants to use you to help untie some knots in their life and to set some people free from what's been holding them up. Sister, I'm gonna pray for you and your husband all at one time. Lord, I want to thank you that they didn't just bounce into this house and into the house of God and kind of stumble in here. It was by your divine assignment they found this place. They've been placed here now as a form of in the leadership because of an anointing that they have that breaks yokes off of people's lives and the blessing that they are. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that they'll be able to, to find a way to take yokes and burdens off of people even the young children as you work with them. Even where people don't see the words you say and the smile that you have and the kindness that you carry. It, it begins to work like a light and people will begin to be drawn to that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I hear the Lord saying, I see. I see what you see. I see the things that hurt your heart. I see how you're you're just such a friend to the downtrodden that you care when people are hurting, it bothers you. I think you really have the mind of Christ or what we might call a burden from heaven on this. And you're just drawn like, like you're just drawn to help the people that are what we would call the down and outers. Your heart burns. You're a shower of mercy. Your heart burns to help the downtrodden. Shelaba dogo shikere de beche frebeke le beche ke le bere de beche ke le bene de bene. 
You don't worry if people don't understand you. You don't worry if other people don't get it. You just keep obeying God. You keep helping these people. You keep being a blessing to whoever, regardless of the age, and God's gonna use you. You might not see it for a season, but in the future, wave after wave is gonna come back. This lady really helped me when I needed her most. I bless you today in Jesus' name. If nobody sees it, I just hear the Lord saying, I see. It matters to me. It matters to me. In Jesus' name, I bless you and I bless your man. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if there's anybody, the, the leadership, you can make your way back to your seats. But if there's anybody else who wants prayer, would you come up here? I'll be glad to pray for you this morning. If nobody comes or everybody comes, I'm all right with that. If you'd like me to lay hands on you this morning, you come. Amen. You come with me, Scott. You here for your healing? Scott, God is not gonna God is not gonna leave you. He's gonna walk with you through this time. Thank you, Father, for a miracle for my brother. Thank you for a miracle healing for my brother. I curse every sickness, every disease, anything or everything that would try to hinder him and hold him back. Lord, I thank you. You're going to walk with him through this time and through this season. That there's answers for him. There's help for him. There's a God in heaven that heals. Father, I thank you for healing his body from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Brother, I curse your enemies this morning in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that you'll have mercy and you'll help my brother in Jesus' name to take sickness and disease away because that's what you bore. I curse the work of his enemies in Jesus' name and I thank you. You're gonna begin now to bring change to this situation. Raise your hand, Scott. The anointing of God is gonna come on you now. In Jesus' name, there it is, 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 there it is. Shela ba sofrobo ke le beshe ke le bere de beshe ke le bete de gasha. Shela ba do go shoko la mana geshe ke le bere de beshe ke le bere de bete. Dan la mbando go shoko la mana geshe ke le bere de beshe ke le bere de bete. For the glory of the Almighty God. Sister, I see you about, about to, to flower, as I would say it, or about to bloom. So many good things in you, so many things in you that, that are for the body of Christ and for this local assembly. I see now you just kind of stepping out. 
I see a blooming helping in your life. What was always there, but just kind of concealed, it's gonna open up now and we're gonna see the beauties of what God has inside of you. Some of the things he's talked to you about in private and some of the things that you've bore to him and you've talked to him. And, and he, I believe in even at times just a deep heart-to-heart -heart conversation between you and the Almighty. And now it's going to start to go to work for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. You're going to blossom. You're going to blossom. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. You'll show us. You'll show us what Pastor needs. Help us to see what he sees. Help us to get his heart. In Jesus' name. Sister, I just want to encourage you, all hope is not lost. Regardless of the situation you find yourself in or the things that happen to you or the work of different people, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have supply for her. You have answers for her. She's going to love the supply of God, that there's an oasis coming for her, Lord Jesus, and a place where she can find refreshment and help and flow in the beauties of the Almighty God. You hear it in your heart. Your best days are in your tomorrows. They weren't in your yesterdays. Your tomorrows are going to be beautiful. Your tomorrows are going to be blessed. You're going to see the provision and the help and the move of God in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. When you're ready, you can go ahead and be seated. Hallelujah. Covered you with your wife, but I call you blessed brother in Jesus' name. You're a good brother. You're a good pattern. You're a good example to people of how to come in the house of God and get hooked up. Amen. May many people follow in your wake. Hallelujah. God bless you, everybody. Thank you for your time. Give the Lord a good hand clap, Pastor. Thank you. Bless you. Did you hear me? That's called church. Let's, uh, let's take up a love offering for Ray. Let's help him go to Africa, not have to dig in his own pocket. <laughs> it's interesting how everybody thinks, well, they're going over there and they're going to make big money and come back. <laughs> no, it costs you. It does. It does. And all the trips that you've made to Philippines, I know those will cost you. Goodness. Anybody needs a cash envelope, please raise your hand. You guys got the buckets ready? Team, you can work your way up.
next Sunday is exactly what everybody here needs to be serving and doing. Because how can what God's placed in you touch hearts around you? And your job's not to, are you saved? Your job's just to love them. And then let God give you what you're supposed to say, not what you think you should say. But move in the spirit. Allow God to touch and just love on people. We, we see it every year. People are touched. Uh, I'll remember this lady that we met. She didn't say anything about the pastor. She knew I was the pastor, but she didn't say anything about me. She just said, the Christmas program you have, I just love it. That's people. That's God's so good. Let's give, guys. Father, we thank you. Thank you that we can bless Ray's ministry. Thank you that uh, we've stood with him for years and we see years ahead the things that he's doing. Thank you that he moves in the things of God. Thank you that he's learned how to flow in the spirit. Thank you that he listens to the spirit in his heart. Sometimes it's hard to say what's on his heart, but yet that he knows that's what God's saying. We thank you, Lord, that this, this offering to him is going to bless him and help him, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, if you will get the buckets going. battle.
Everything you do in our life because you're going to finish the work that you started and we thank you for it in jesus name amen call you blessed you are dismissed ray has all kinds of tapes you need to grab a whole handful